0: So we so were supposed to have another speaker named David Nanda Prabhu, but he left Texas. Maybe he had like some psychic prediction of the bad weather. He's like, I'm getting out of here. But And so um, I was asked last minute to speak. So I thought, i are just going to read Krishna book and see what we can get out of there. We can share some of your realizations. How are you doing there, sir? I think, we have we met before? Okay. Yeah, last time. Uh-huh. No. Many times. Time. thank you, welcome. What is your name? Balaram, nice. And then we have, we're welcome Parmeshuri, coming in. Welcome Prameshri. Hare Krishna. So she just came in from San Antonio, but originally from Mexico, but also lived in India for quite some time. And she's going to serve Radha while she's here get to touch his feet and do all night nice services. So, who is the, who is the uh, whirlwind tornado monster in Krishnabur? No, yes. Trinavarta, yes. yes. So we're going to hear about a storm. So, Krishna, 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 complete knowledge and complete beauty and complete renunciation. The Lord appears in different complete, eternal forms of incarnation. So what what name refers to that Lord who has these six opulences? Who's Bhagavan. Bhagavan. So Albert Einstein, he was recognized for his lotus petaled eyes and beautiful hair. Oh, God. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, he was, he, was, he was famous for his intelligence. So he, was a, he was attractive because it was intelligence. So we can be attracted to the brain of Albert Einstein. So here's the brain maker, the person who made Albert Einstein's brain. Bhagavan, he has intelligence complete to the fullest degree. And uh, 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 Madeline Monroe, she was recognized for her great wit and and scholastic skills. No, no, it was her beauty. So beauty, wealth, fame, power. They're different attractive qualities. Even Gandhi was recognized. He was so simple living, renounced. And so Bhagavan means that person who has all of it in full. So we continue. The condition so has immense opportunity to hear about the transcendental activities of the Lord in these different incarnations. In the Bhagavad Gita, it says, Janma karma chame divyam. So what does Janma mean? And karma? Divyam? And may? My... Birth and actions are transcendental, divine. Pastimes and activities of the Lord are not material. They're beyond the material conception, and the conditioned soul can benefit by hearing such uncommon activities. Hearing is the opportunity to associate with the Lord. What did I just say? Hearing is the opportunity to associate the Lord. All right, you heard it. How do you know you heard something? Because you remember, so if your spiritual master says, please, can I have some water? And you bring him a pineapple. He said, you haven't heard me. So one devotee was asked my spiritual master, how can I improve my chanting? And so, uh, Pulada Manda saw me, he read a verse, the translation, and then he said, okay, well, what did I just read? And the verse was, uh, I, wasn't, uh, I can't remember. Well, I guess I wasn't listening. He said, yeah, that, that's how you improve your chanting, by, by hearing, capturing it. Simply by, hearing is an opportunity to associate with the Lord, to hear His activities, is to evolve one's transcendental nature, tra- simply by hearing. The conditioned soul has a natural aptitude to hear something about other conditions of souls in the form of Harry Potter fiction, drama, and (laughs) novels. Can you believe that, Ramananda? It says (laughs) Harry Potter in here. We want to hear, that inclination to hear something about others may be utilized in hearing the pastimes of the Lord. Welcome, welcome. one can immediately evolve his transcendental nature. Krishna's pastimes are not only beautiful, but they're very pleasing to the mind. If someone takes advantage of hearing the pastimes of the Lord, the material contamination of dust accumulated in the heart due to long association of material nature can be immediately cleansed. So what's a verse that talks about that? Cheto dharpana marjanam, bhavadavag near of apanam, shedu kaiva chandrika vitharanam jivanam, anandam budivardanam pratipuram pranam Swadanam swadhanam, param vijayate shri Krishna sankirtanam. So the, the cheta is the heart, dharpana is the mirror, and marjanam is to clean. And what is cleaning this heart of the mirror is the Lord, just by hearing the Lord's holy name and pastimes. And what happens if you clean the mirror? What do you, what do you see? All right. What do you see when you clean the mirror? You it yourself, yeah, you get it, everything comes clear. So we have a misconception. We might think ourselves as Caucasian, or Indian, or Texan, or so many different things. We might think so ourselves nine years old, going to TKG Academy, or maybe even seven years old, but we are actually not these physical bodies. Lord Chaitanya instructed that simply by hearing the transcendental name of Lord Krishna, one can cleanse the heart of all material contamination. There are different processes of forced self-realization, but this process of of devotional service, of which hearing is the most important function, when adopted by any conditioned soul, does that mean it will work for um, Shambhopal? For any conditioned soul. <laughs> Even Nithananda Chandra can do it. Any conditioned soul can simply hear. Will automatically cleanse him of this, the material contamination, enable him to realize his real constitutional position. Conditioned life, conditioned life is due to this contamination only. And as soon as one is cleared off, then naturally the dormant function of the living entity, rendering service to the Lord, awakens. So in the Bhagavatam, it talks about what our dharma is. So let's hear what's the, some definitions of dharma. Right in the back there and under, yes, you serve, sitting under, Krishna lifting, over on hill. What does the word dharma mean? Religion, okay, and then the next to what give us a different definition. Okay, yes, you sir, another definition of the word dharma. Yes, yes, you too. <laughs> Let's hear it. Shout it out. One, two, three, four. Dharma. Define the word dharma. Duties, okay. I think you said repeat. <laughs> There's no we don't have the wireless mic today, so. And in the Hawaiian shirt. Do you know what the word dharma means? Uh, <laughs> Responsibilities. Responsibilities, alright. Okay. Majiji. Red, blue, sorry. Yes, that's you. Dharma? Moli, tell us, definition of Dharma. Okay. Ramananda, you got one? Raj definition? You know, tell us. You can make a booby trap. A booby trap. You can make a booby trap. Okay, I like that one. You always can count on Raj to give you an answer with firm faith and conviction. Okay, under, under the painting of Krishna stealing the gopis' clothing. Yes, you guys. Responsibilities. Next door, right next there. Let's see what you, Anything else other than religion and responsibilities? <coughs> What's the dharma of fire? It's hot. What's the dharma of salt? Salty. Salty. You can change your religion, but you can't change your dharma. It's an essential characteristic. Like uh, the ghost pepper. What's its essential characteristic? It's very spicy. Super spicy. You can't change it. If it's not super spicy, then it's not the ghost pepper. If you, don't, if you never tasted one, then maybe you're in the mode of goodness. I didn't know what I thought. <laughs> so, the nature of a living entity is always to, we're always in some service. If We want to repose love, and we're always forced or desire to engage in service unto another. We serve our boss, we serve the IRS. We serve our husband, our wife. If we don't have a spouse, then we get a cat or a dog and we serve the cat and the dog. Like Prabhu, uh, he was—he had just, uh, this was many years ago, he came to America and he saw this big limo pull up and he was wondering, who, who's in the limo? Is it Frank Sinatra? He was kind of like excited, who's, who's in this limo? And this lady came out. She was probably about 86 years old, but she had a lot of plastic surgery, so her skin was pulled really tight. And she came out of the car, she had all this uh, pearls and fancy jewelry, and she opened the door. um, She came around the car and then opened the door and a little poodle came out. And the poodle, it doesn't, it, did its business in the grass, and this wealthy lady with her hair done up, and drew, she took a little tushy and went to the rear end of the poodle there. The desire to serve and to repose our love is there always. We're always engaged in service. And the highest expression of this service is when the living entity applies it to the Supreme Personality of God. Just like, what is the most intelligent way to get water to the leaf? A shirt, Hawaiian shirt, gentlemen. What's the best way to get water uh, to the leaf? But uh, wh- where, where should you apply it? On the leaf itself, or on the roots? All right, you are correct. Yata toro mula and also if your uh, bones need some protein where should the food go in your nose your ears rev it on your skin to the udra the belly so when the the propensity to love is applied to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, then we are acting in our constitutional nature, not our conditional nature. By developing His eternal relationship with the Supreme Lord, one becomes eligible to create friendship with the devotees. Maharaj Prikshit recommended from practical experience that everyone try to hear about the transcendental pastimes of the Lord. This treesy, this Krishna treesy which is inside the iPad right now, but you can get it on the bookshelf. Beautiful Krishna book. Over 80 beautiful paintings inside the book. There's like seven different uh, sections of color panels. Is meant for this purpose. Actually, on Thursday, we had a group come in. It was 25 kids from an abuse shelter. Some of them, their parents had been abused. Some of the children themselves had been Abused physically or sexually. One little girl was very, very distraught. And then we caught her uh, looking at the Krishna book. And so she was looking at the Krishna book. I said, Do you want that book? And she goes, <laughs> <laughs> So we're like, Yes, please take it. <laughs> and gave her the book. And we're very happy that she got this book. So this tree is Krishna, is meant for this purpose. And the reader may take advantage of it, to attain the ultimate goal of human life. The Lord, out of His causes mercy, descends to the material world. So that's why Dharma is called Sanatana Dharma. What does the word Sanatana mean? It's eternal. It's eternal. So your eternal religion is to love God. That existed before Jerusalem, before India, before Mecca, before the creation of this planet, it existed, it's eternal. And that's the ultimate goal of life, is to really awaken. So out of this causes mercy, the Lord descends to this material world and displays His activities just like an ordinary man. Unfortunately, the impersonalists or the atheistic class of men consider Krishna to be an ordinary man like themselves. For example, there is some uh, bogus guru that you can see online nowadays, and someone asked him why is Krishna blue, and he gave the, this ridiculous answer, saying that uh, spiritually enlightened persons who are involved in the world have blue auras, and spiritually enlightened persons who are detached from this world have white auras. And he had this whole bogus. Uh, this guru was saying this. That. <laughs> I will have to say his name. Maybe he's a little sad. See, but in case anybody wanted to see the video. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but it's right there in the Bhagavad Gita, which it's quite astonishing because it's not very confidential. Bhagavad Gita is really well known. And it's right there in the Bhagavad Gita. Krishna says, you and I, Arjuna, have appeared in this world many, many times. But you can remember none of it, and I can remember all of it, because I do not have a material body. I don't have a, a body that blows blue because I'm associating with material nature and I'm a little spiritually enlightened. But actually this is God coming in his own spiritual transcendental body. So this all in fourth chapter of Bhagavad Gita first couple of verses very clearly present that. And so, these atheistic people, they deride Him. This is condemned in the Bhagavad Gita by the Lord Himself when He says, avajananti mam mudha. Mudha. Or what does this word mudha mean? Any translators? Foolish. Foolish. And then, they have, then there's a, also sometimes a word vimuda is used. That's the royal edition. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, One time, there was a a Christian Indian at the, um, you know, O'Hare Krishna uh, Airport. You know, O'Hare? He was, uh, (laughs) O'Hare? He was at the airport, and he saw the devotees there, and he was not very happy with that. uh, Something he just didn't like. And so he kept on... Uh, trying to stop the devotee, like interrupt, any time the devotee was to, would talk to somebody about a book. This was back in the eighties and nineties when devotees were very common at the the airports. And so the devotee eventually just got upset, and he said, "You're a muda." <laughs> and the man became so upset that he ran to gra- grab a security guard. <laughs> And he said, he said, I was a mudha. <laughs> and, and, this, well, and then he was so upset that the security guard ended up kicking the upset man out of there. He said, you know, in this trouble here. So Krishna, he uses this small, strong word. He says, a person who thinks, avajanati mudha, that can't understand how the Lord appears in a human-like form, he is a great fool. They take Krishna as an ordinary man or slightly more powerful man out of their great misfortune. They cannot accept Him as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Sometimes such unfortunate persons misrepresent themselves as incarnations of Krishna without referring to the authorized scriptures. So if you ever come across somebody advertising themselves to be God, there is an acronym you can remember. It is S-A-F-E. So, an, an incarnation of God should be scripturally predicted. Sastra, as I said here, authorized scriptures. Like in the Bhagavatam, it says, It talks about the appearance of Buddha with his name, with his birthplace, the time, and his activities. And this is just one verse or many other verses. Similarly, for Lord Chaitanya, there is over 100 verses in the Vedas describing Lord Chaitanya by name, parents' name, activities, his uh, occupation, everything is given there. So scripturally predicted, A is is astrology, has has very astonishing features. Then features, his body has interesting features. So uh, can we have a demonstrative? Raj Pran, can you stand for a second? Can you stand up for a second? Now, can you touch your knees without bending any part of your body? It's not very easy, huh? So Krishna described the Mahapurushas. They have bodies that their hands extend all the way down to their knees when they're standing. So these extraordinary bodily features. And, uh, oh, you did it. Okay, he's probably, yeah, he's he's definitely extraordinary. And then it's easy. And then E is is for extraordinary activities. So like lifting a mountain with your pinky, the tip of your pinky nail, or showing the universe in your mouth. Not this cheap magic where you just pull some ashes or spit out some stone. That's not, that does not mean anything. Even great demons had Mystic powers: Ravana, you know, Kubakarna, Shishupal, you know, all kansa had mystic powers. So if someone manifests some mystic power, don't become a blind follower of them, because just remember this: uh, S A F E. When Krishna grew up a little more, he began to turn himself backside up. He did not merely lie, lie down on his back. Another function was just observed by Yashoda and Nanda Maharaj, Krishna's first birthday. They arranged for Krishna's birthday ceremony, which is still observed by all followers of Vedic principles. All different uh, followers, whether they're even uh, Advaitis, whatever, everybody celebrates Janmasthami. All the cowherd men and women were invited to participate in the jubilant celebration. A nice band played and the assembled people enjoyed it. All the learned brahmanas were invited and they chanted Vedic hymns for the good fortune of Krishna. During the chanting of the Vedic hymns and the playing of the bands, Krishna was bathed by Mother Yashoda. This bathing ceremony is technically called abhishek. abhishek, and even today this is observed in all temples of Vrindavan on janmashtami day, or the birth anniversary of Lord Krishna. So, out of didi, the different elements of deity worship, it's said that Krishna enjoys these two the most: the abhishek and the prasad offering. These are his favorite aspects of deity worship. So when you get to see or get to bathe the Lord, you should be so happy that this is Krishna's, one of his favorite uh, deity offerings. On this occasion, Madhya Shoda arranged to distribute a large quantity of grain and first-class cows decorated with golden ornaments were made ready to be given in charity to the learned and respectable Brahmanas. Yashola took her bath and dressed herself nicely And taking child Krishna, duly dressed and bathed, on her lap, she sat down to hear the Vedic hymns chanted by the brahmanas. While the mother Yashoda was listening to the chanting of the Vedic hymns, the child appeared to be falling asleep. And therefore, she very silently laid down him on the bed being engaged in receiving all the friends, relatives, and residents of Vrindavan on that holy occasion, she forgot to feed the child milk. He was crying, being hungry, but Mother Yashoda could not hear him cry because of the various noises. The child, however, became angry because he was hungry, and his mother had not been paying attention to him. So he lifted his little legs and began to kick his lotus feet just like an ordinary child. Baby Krishna had been placed underneath a hand-driven cart. And while he was kicking his legs, he accidentally touched the wheel of the cart and it collapsed. Various kinds of utensils and dishes made of brass and other metal had been piled up in the handcart and they all fell down with a great noise. The wheel of the cart separated from its axle and the spokes of the wheel were all broken. And scattered hither and thither. Mother Yashoda and all the gopis as well as Maharaj Nanda and the cowherd men were astonished as to how the cart could have collapsed by itself. All the men and women who were assembled for the holy function crowded around and began to suggest how the cart might have collapsed. No one could ascertain the cause, but some small children who were entrusted to play with baby Krishna informed the crowd that it was due to Krishna striking His feet against the wheel. They assured the crowd that they had seen it happen with their own eyes, and they gave strongly asserted the point. So, previously we had, uh, not previously here, but there was a cyclone in, and where was it, Orissa. And I said to Raj where's Raj Is he still here? Oh, he went outside, he's too bad. I said, I think a cyclone is like a tornado or a cane with like a lot of water involved. He said, no, a cyclone, there are two types of cyclones. There's one with snow and then, (laughs) but he said it was such firm faith and conviction that it was very believable. (laughs) But I still had a little doubt because they are saying this, (laughs) to listing the statement of these small children. How can I believe the statements of these children? The cowherd men and women could not understand how that all-powerful personality of God was lying there as a baby and that he could do anything. Both the possible and impossible were in his power. While the discussion was going on, Krishna cried. Without remonstration, Mother Yashoda picked up the child on her lap and called the learned brahmanas to chant the Vedic hymns to counteract the evil spirits. At the same time, she allowed the baby to suck her breasts. If a child sucks a mother's breast nicely, it is understood that he is out of all danger. After this, all the stronger cowherd men put the broken cart in order, and scattered, and all the scattered things were set up nicely as before. The brahmanas thereafter began to offer oblations to the sacred fire with yogurt, butter, kusha grass, and water. They worshiped the Supreme Personality of Godhead for the good fortune of the child. So Prabhupada mentions in one of the purports, there's a book that talks about all these uh, signs of ill fortune and good fortune. I don't remember, any of you remember the, the book? It's an ancient book, but it gives. Uh, so here he's giving an indication that the child is drinking breast milk. I see that, that sign of good fortune. Danger is over. The brahmanas who were present at that time were all qualified because they were not envious, they never indulged in untruthfulness. They were never proud. They were nonviolent, and they never claimed any false prestige. They were all bona fide brahmanas, and there were no reason to think that their blessings would be useless. With firm faith in the qualified brahmanas, Nandamaraj took his child on his lap and bathed him with water mixed with various herbs while the brahmas chanted hymns from the Rig, Yadra, and Samavedas. It is said that without being a qualified brahmana, one should not read the mantras of the Vedas. Here's the proof that the brahmanas were qualified with all brahminical symptoms. So how does one become a brahmana? Getting trained up, yeah. So there is, in the Upanishads, there's an ancient story of a, a young boy and he applies to go to the school of the Gurukul. Guru and he says, I want to become a Brahmana. So when you go to school, they ask you for your information. They say, What's your Gotra? Who are you? What's your name? And he said, oh, I have to ask my mother. So when went to ask his mother? And she said, I don't know um, who your father is. It could be this person, that person, this person, that person, and this person. Or maybe it was that person. She said, just use my name. As your last name. So he went back to the, the guru at the gurukul. He said, my mother is a prostitute. And she told me to use her last name. And the, the, the guru said, you are a brahmana because you're very honest. Therefore, you come to the school and you, you train to become a brahmana. And he became a great sage in the Vedic literature. He is celebrated as one of the authorities in, in, in Sastra. Therefore, they were allowed to perform ritualistic ceremonies by chanting the Vedic mantras. So in contrast to that, what is the opposite? uh, In contrast to that, there are many people in India that believe simply because their person, their parent was a Brahmana, that they are a Brahmana. That is the contrast. Without actually having been trained or developing the Brahminical qualities. You do not become a judge if your father is a judge. Maybe you have an extra special chance, but it doesn't mean you're a judge. There are many different sacrifices recommended for these different purposes, but the mantras are all to be are all are all to be chanted by qualified Brahmanas. And because in this age of Kali, such b- qualified Brahmanas are not available. All rich Vedic religious sacrifices are forbidden. For example, they used to do a, a Ashfa Medha sacrifice. What does Ashfa mean? Horse. Sacrifice a horse. What would happen is to show the, the efficacy of the priests, they would sacrifice an old horse and a young horse would walk out of the fire in front of everyone's eyes. Therefore, there was no killing involved. The world was given new vitality and given all this punya credit. And then the sacrifice began to, to show the, 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 Brahminic, the Brahmin's efficacy of being able to chant the mantras with precision. Therefore, there is a special incarnation of a Lord who came and He told, forget all these sacrifices. Uh, you're, not, you're not following these vidhis. Uh, his name was Buddha. Ninth incarnation of the Lord. Shishajan Mahaprabhu was therefore recommended only one kind of sacrifice in this age, namely Sankirtan Yagya or chanting the Mahamantra Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Krishna Hare, Hare Hare, Hare Rama Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Rama, Rama Hare. Hare. As the Brahmanas chanted the Vedic hymns and performed ritualistic ceremonies for the second time, Nanamaraj again gave them huge quantities of of grain and many cows. All the cows were given in charity were covered with nice golden embroidered garments and their thorns were bedecked with golden rings. Their hooves were covered with silver plates and they were garlands of flowers. They gave so many cows just for the welfare of this wonderful child. And the brahmanas in return bestowed their heartfelt blessings and their blessings offered are able, uh, by the able brahmanas are never to be baffled. One day, shortly after the ceremony, when Mother Ashodi was patting her baby on her lap, the baby felt too heavy. And being unable to carry him, she unwillingly placed him on the ground. After a while, she became engaged in household affairs. At that time, a servant of Kamsa, known as Trinavartha, as instructed by Kamsa. So if you read it, Garga Samhita, all these demons were made to be servants of Kamsa. He would go up to them and say, let's fight. If you kill me, if you beat me, I'll be your servant. And if I beat you, you'll be my servant. In this way, all the demons that Krishna fought, Dvivida, all of them, were all... Tuvita was fought by Valaam. But all of them were, were first subjugated by Kamsa. Oh, you must be very powerful. Also in Garga Sanhita you have the Shakatasura. Why did that cart fall on Krishna? There was a, a, a particular type of ghostly demon. He was... Uh, powerful monster and he was cursed by a sage he went to a sage's ashram and started trashing the place and the sage cursed him to have no body and then he he, he offered prayers he said please forgive me and he said okay you have a body made out of air and so that was the person who took uh, he took shelter of the cart and was trying to make the cart fall on krishna So this demon appeared in the shape of a whirlwind, Trinavarta. He picked up the the child on his shoulders and raised a great dust storm all over Vrindavan, covering everyone's eyes. Within a few moments, the whole area of Vrindavan became so densely dark that no one could see himself or anyone else. During this great catastrophe, Mother Ashoda could not see her baby, who had just been taken away by the whirlwind, she began to cry very piteously. She fell on the ground, exactly like a cow who had just lost her calf. When Mother Shoda was so piteously crying, all the cowherd women immediately came and began to look for the baby, but they were disappointed and could not find him. The demon Trinavarta went high into the sky with baby Krishna on his shoulder, but that baby assumed such a weight That suddenly, he could not go any further. He had to stop his whirlwind activities. Baby Krishna made himself heavy and began to weigh down the demon, catching hold of his neck. Yes. Trinavartha felt the baby to be as heavy as a big mountain. And he tried to get out of his clutches, but he was unable to do so. And his eyes popped out of his sockets. Crying very fiercely, he fell down to the ground of Vrindavan and died. The demon fell exactly like Tripasura, who was pierced by the arrows of Lord Shiva. Trinavarta hit a stone slab, his limbs were smashed, his body became visible to all the inhabitants of Vrindavan. When the de- gopis saw the demon killed and Krishna very happily playing on his body, they immediately picked up Krishna with great affection. The cowherd men and women became very happy to get their beloved child Krishna, get back their beloved child Krishna, and at that time they began to talk how wonderful it is that demon had taken away Krishna to devour him, but could not do so, and instead he fell down dead. Some of them supported the situation. Quote, this is proper, because those who are too sinful die from their sinful reactions. The child Krishna is pious. Therefore, he is safe from all kinds of fearful situations. And we too must have performed great sacrifices in our previous life and worshiped the Supreme Personality of God and grieving great wealth and charity and acting philanthropically for the general welfare of men. Because of such pious activities, the child is safe from all danger. The gopis assembled there and spoke amongst themselves. What sort of austerities and penances must have been undergone in our previous lives? We must have worshiped the Supreme Personality of Godhead, offered different kinds of sacrifices, made charities, performed many welfare activities for the public, as well as growing banyan trees and excavating wells. As a result of these pious activities, we've gotten back our child, even though he was supposedly supposed to be dead. Now he has come back to enliven his relatives. After observing such wonderful happenings, Nanamaraj began to think of the words of Vasudeva again and again. After this incident, when Mother Yashoda was nursing her child and patting him with great affection, there streamed profuse supply of milk from her breast. As she opened the mouth of Krishna of the child with her fingers, she suddenly saw the universal manifestation within his mouth. So at least this is the first time then later on Krishna's gonna show the universe in his mouth and his friends are teasing him because he was caught eating dirt. She saw within the mouth of Krishna the whole sky, including the luminaries, the stars in all directions, the sun, the moon, fire, air, seas, islands, mountains, rivers, forests, and all other movable and immovable entities. When Mother Yashoda saw this, her heart began to throb. She murmured within herself, how wonderful this is. She could not express anything, but simply closed her eyes. She was absorbed in wonderful thoughts. Krishna, showing the universal form of the Supreme Personality of God, and even while lying down in the lap of His Mother, proves that the Supreme Personality of God is always the Supreme Personality of Godhead, whether he is manifested as a child on the lap of his mother or as a charioteer on the battlefield of Kurukshetra. The concoction of the impersonalists, that one can become God by meditation or by some artificial material activities is herewith declared false. God is always God in any condition or status, and the living entities are always parts and parcels of the Supreme Lord. They can never equal be equal to the inconceivable supernatural power of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Thus ends the Bhaktivedanta purport of the seventh chapter of Krishna, the Salvation of Trinavartha. So any comments or reflections? Just one other point here when the gopis assembled and they said perhaps we've done all these uh, sacrifices planted banyan trees, we've done charity, we've done perhaps we've done this in the past to attain this fortunate position. So Shivananda Prabhu and Preeta Prabhu were walking under the Eiffel Tower with Srila Prabhupada and they asked this question. It says a person who takes up to devotional service must have done all these sacrifices in their past lives. They must have done all this charity. So they asked Prabhupada about that and Prabhupada said, I have created your good fortune. I said, we should we should not think like that. Actually, Shri sure, Prabhupada has created our punya, our great fortune. So we stop here. Tat Sat. Thanks a lot. Hare Krishna. Oh, we got a question. Huh? No question. No, do what? No? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I just don't want it to be too deep or too broad, but the example you gave of the sacrifice when the old horse was there and then the new horse came out. Is is this a similar um, explanation when other scriptures, namely maybe the Bible, speak about that sacrifice? Like it's, from a, it's from a different age. Yeah. And so it's not supposed to be violence. Right. right. Yeah. Therefore, therefore, there are certain things that are forbidden in Kali Yuga. that is one of them. And, and so people did not take that advice and they kept continuing killing animals in the name of religion, and then Buddha came. And in the appearance of Buddha and the appearance of uh, the, in, in the Jain tradition influenced all the other traditions to take up the Vedic principle of ahimsa. Which is, by the way, it's called Upadharma sub-religious principle meaning that if someone is actually spiritual or religious you shouldn't even have to tell them not to kill animals it should just make sense it's called sub-religious common sense anything else thanks a lot